an Ironic Media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. All right, welcome back to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. If this podcast has been broadcasting healing vibes into your life, please follow on Apple and Spotify and leave a review. Your review helps other people find this podcast and the transformations continue. And don't forget to share this podcast with anyone you think will benefit. Let's heal together. There's like five different schools of feng shui and command is universal across all of them. But they always focus on the physical, tangible, like bed, desk, or stove. Got to see the door, very physical. Yes, it is important, but I go a huge step further and I talk about personal power and empowerment and how important it is. You cannot have an environment that empowers you if you yourself are not empowered. You cannot have an environment that supports you and makes you a kick-ass ninja when in fact your power positions are blown up. So it, to me, this is over 25 years of just seeing what's out there in the books that are out there and the, the information that's out there. What I really tried to do in this book is I tried to fill in the gaps of, yes, that's true, however, and command is one of those. The thing is though, is that you can't just throw your bed in a position and call it good and say, yep, I feel awesome. Because if your chi isn't cultivated and you're not empowered, it's not gonna work. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, today on the podcast, I have Amanda Gates and I am so excited to share her with you because one, she's already been on the podcast and is an amazing friend of mine who is into the woo like no other. She recently wrote a book about feng shui for the soul. And my favorite part of how she conveys this information is that she makes it easy and digestible and non-intimidating. So Amanda is a award-winning blogger. She has her own podcast. I've actually been on her podcast years ago, which you've probably heard that story where she interviewed me and then the entire podcast sounded absolutely wonky. And then I went for a healing and then it got fixed. Like, because I specifically went for a healing on my ability to communicate to others what I do. She was there to witness it. She's seen a lot of crazy shit. She actually helped us with our home as well and taught us how to fix the front door and put mirrors in places to expand spaces, even about how your stove can be influencing your blood pressure. Like she will, <laughs> she will teach you so many weird things, but it's so true and so helpful to know. I'm so excited to have our conversation. So welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you for being here. Woo woo. I totally forgot about the stove thing. You're right. I, I remember I called that out. I totally forgot about that. I, I swear. I probably think about you once a week because you also were like, you need more plants. And I'm always afraid to bring plants in because I'm just not great at taking care of plants. And I really do want to take care of them. And I do try to take care of them, but I'm always hesitating because I'm like, I can't watch it die. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so, but I've been a lot better. I bought some and I put them in my bathroom recently and there's a couple downstairs, but definitely more plants. One of the things I really want to talk about is we all understand the value of a orderly clean home. Like we, I'm sure out there, like if you've organized your house and cleared out a closet, you understand that feeling is different after you've done it. Like you can feel the difference. And Amanda is super sensitive. And actually you were in the medical field before this. So it wasn't like you were like looking to, to do this. You, I mean, it was sort of fell in your lap because you were uh, trying to redo a old home in Nashville, right? It was Nashville. That one was California. The first one, Bobo was California. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and she's referring to the house by name, which I should name our house. I, once I was reading your book, I was like, wow, we don't have a name. Oh, the other thing that you said was like the house numbers. My house number is all about travel. And I'm like, well, we have a camper. We always are traveling like every probably two to three months. And I so told you guys that because it's a five. I, I told you guys that it, it was about movement and change and travel. 
Yeah. And at the time when we were talking, Aiden was young. So like the only thing we were really doing was going back home, back East. And then here we are. Now we travel all the, all over. He just loves Nashville. Yeah, I know. We saw each other during the pandemic. That was great. Let's get started with you telling us about this Bobo house. There's obviously divine intervention and you ran into this woman in the bookstore and she was like, your house, your front door, it needs help. Like you need to fix that right now. And that's what you did. And it started this whole process of you being able to embrace feng shui. And I always say it wrong, right? I think feng shui, feng shui. Feng shui. Feng shui. It's a little intimidating. I have to say just the whole, like, I don't know. Some people take it really far. Like you have to know so much and like everything has to be positioned the right way, but you don't, you don't subscribe to that. Right. So how are you different from that? Yeah. I don't subscribe to any of that bullshit. I'm allowed to say that. Like yeah. Marcy taught me to learn the skills and the, the talents like a master so that I could break them like an artist. And, and that's what I've done. I, I've worked under a master for 25 years. So I'm allowed to, to say that now, but like you just said, a lot of people are very intimidated by feng shui. And the biggest problem is, is that there's so much misinformation out there. There's blog articles and books and supposed experts. And FYI, a lot of the experts that are out there, they've taken a little weekend workshop course and then hung their shingle out. And they're like, I'm a feng shui expert. And it's like, "Mm, I've been doing it for 25 years and I don't say I'm an expert. I still say that I'm learning because I am, but yeah, I was pre-med. I got accepted to medical school. I've got a degree in biology and I I minored in microbiology and I was on my path to go to med school. My then husband and I, we bought this house. It was in a really, really nice neighborhood, but I mean, it was as shitty as it could get. I mean, it was in foreclosure. The man who owned it before us was just down and out. He had lost his wife to cancer. Their four dogs had been murdered. Like, oh my God, does that even happen? And then his little girl died. Like it was the succession of all of these events. And he was just so down and out that he put homeless people in this house. Because at at the time, I don't know if this still is a law there, but at the time, the bank wouldn't take the home away if it was being rented. So he just plucked homeless people from downtown and just put them in this house and told the bank, well, I'm renting it. So he put them kind of there as a place card. It was the worst house in the best neighborhood. And so we were in our early twenties and we were like, holy shit, we can get this house for 200 grand. Like we had stars in our eyes because all these other houses were six, seven, 800 grand. And we're thinking idiots, like we can get this house for 200 grand. We had no idea. Hmm. We get in there and it had been thoroughly urinated on. They had cut a hole in the ceiling so that they could vent like this rando stove that was like in the center. We just remodeled it. We completely took it back to the studs. We ripped out all the floors, all the walls. Like we took it back to the studs and totally remodeled it from top to bottom. But I was having all this weird shit happening to me. Nobody else. It was just me. Hmm. I kept getting fever blisters in the middle of my mouth, which I'd never had one before. I kept having this weird breathing thing where I couldn't catch my breath and I was hysterical, which I didn't know what that meant, but it was a panic attack. I went to the doctor and he's like, you're having a panic attack. You're clearly, you're, you're dealing with a lot of stress and anxiety. And I'm like, no, I'm not like, I'm not, but like, I kept having them and I kept having them in like, just weird, strange places that I shouldn't be having a panic attack. And then I realized, okay, the house is really pretty, but maybe if I just make it prettier, all this shit will stop. And so I go down to the the Borders bookstore and I'm looking at all these decorating books and I'm like, oh my God, like which one of you is going to like make all this shit stop. Like I, I just like, I need to, to be able to breathe. I need to be able to sleep. Like I, I don't want fever blisters anymore. Like I, I, I'm too stressed out. Clearly I'm stressed. I can't even pick a decorating book. And then this woman literally just appears and she was just, she had to be a Pisces. I, I don't know what her sun sign was, but she had to be a Pisces. She was just so like, woo and happy and like, fluttery and flighty. And, and she basically told me that I was looking at the wrong books and that I needed to look at this particular book. And I was like, Fungna, who, uh, what? Like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even know how to pronounce it. It was like this F word. And I was like, Oh my God. So I, I was opening it up and 
I think I still have the book, but I opened up a Tara Collins book. It literally, the page that I opened it to was about the front door. And at the time we were remodeling, my front door was completely boarded up and had been boarded up for over eight months because the contractor kept saying, oh, two more weeks, two more weeks, two more weeks. And like almost a year goes by and it's like two more weeks. Well, my front door was in the middle of my house and that's why I was getting fever blisters. And that was why I was experiencing the panic attacks because my house couldn't breathe. Mm. And so she was communicating to me the only way she knew how, and that was through my emotions. And so that was kind of the first like otherworldly experience that I kind of was like, oh my God, my house is literally manifesting in my body and speaking to me. And I had a choice. I could have completely chalked it up to complete bullshit and said, this isn't real. This isn't what I'm experiencing. I have a very analytical mind. I'm about to go through med school. Like I need to do lab results and I need to do testing and I need to do research. (laughs) My left brain is going on hyperdrive. And then I thought, or I could just literally open myself up to this and see what happens. Right. And that's what I did. Awesome. So I remember when we were working together and you were like, how often do you use your front door? And I was like, almost never, because at that time, Aiden wasn't going to school. So we started to make it a regular practice to like open the door. We had to put the dogs away, obviously, because the door is just wide open. You do feel the difference, like the house can breathe. And now, of course, I'm so grateful because Aiden goes out the front door to go to school. So every day we're opening it twice a day, at least. Now we even do it more. So it's interesting how these things are there, but you don't realize until somebody brings it to your attention, right? Like I had, I'd never thought about my front door opening or whatever. We did keep it looking nice because first of all, I live in a neighborhood and we're supposed to keep it nice. It's important that it opens and breathes. And I like how you talk about color. So a lot of people think about the front door as having to be red, right? Why is that? Well, red is such a poignant color in feng shui. In old China, it would eliminate evil. They use fun words like it eliminates evil and scoundrels, like fun words that we don't use anymore, but it's a protective color, but it needs to be used in small doses. It's such a powerful color that sometimes people will go to the extremes and they're like, I'm going to paint my whole bedroom red. And it's like, no, no. (laughs) that's a bit much. But yeah, I mean, I think that people just don't realize how intrinsic our environment is to our personal chi and how cohesive it really is and, and, and how symbiotic it is. We are reflecting into our environment and vice versa. And so it speaks back to us. And I flew down to Louisiana a couple of years ago and my girlfriend literally had like a plastic trash bag over her stove and over the vent and everything. And her pipes had burst and like her house, like all this shit was going wrong. And I was like, Rachel, my God, wake up. Your house is literally telling you and reflecting back to you. I said, are you having financial issues right now? And are you struggling emotionally? And she was like, how did you know? I'm like, your house is literally telling you these things. And she too had her front door completely boarded up. Like it had been stuck for like five years. And she's like, oh yeah, I mean, it doesn't open. So we just use the back door and I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) So I don't subscribe to the notion that move your couch, change your life or put this tchotchke in your bedroom and you're going to find love or like a lot of the stuff that's out there. Or like you were talking about a closet. And yes, that's a feeling. And you, you definitely get some reprieve, like, having clutter is not great, but that's an emotional response that comes from you. There's something going on in your personal chi that is creating that clutter. There's a reason why you're not wanting to be, it doesn't even have to be organized. There's a reason why you're allowing things to pile up because your personal chi is not healthy. So what makes me different is I don't subscribe to any of those notions that are typical and standard to feng shui. I focus on the top five because those are easy and they're digestible. If you start there, that's all you've got to focus on. Cool. The thing is, is that it doesn't need to be intimidating. It doesn't need to be hard. You don't need to be focusing on directions. I'd like to see you pick up and not have clutter, but that could be a personal chi thing, but it doesn't really matter like where your furniture is or or what's going on in, in that 
sense. It's more about tapping in, tuning in and turning on your emotional intelligence. And I talk a lot about that in the book that it has nothing to do with what's visual. It's about how do you feel? Mm -hmm. And a lot of us don't know because it's been beaten out of us. Like, how dare you possibly feel something like logically let's think our way through this. Like let's use reason and logic and intelligence to like figure out a solution. And at the end of the day, that's the worst advice ever because our heart is 60. And I talk about this in the book, it's 60,000 times more powerful than the brain is. And yet we've been conditioned to think, oh, well, let's think our way through it. No, let's, let's feel our way through it because that's our direct line to God. I have read so many feng shui books at this point, and I've taken a lot of little courses here and there and, and just tried to see what other people are doing. And I'm kept shaking my head like, this is all wrong. Like, we need to fix this. We need to make it easier. We need to make it approachable. We need to make it more tangible. And we need to get away from the kitschy bullshit, like the little tchotchkes and the kitschy shit. And like, none of that matters. Let's focus on the energy. Mm-hmm. How does it That's feel? That's what matters. Yeah. I mean, one day, Ben and I were moving our furniture around for the entire day. And it was all because I was like, nope, doesn't feel right. <laughs> and she was like, she trusts me though. Like, and then when people walk into our house, they're like, God, it feels so good in here. And you're like, yes, because I can't exist in a place that it doesn't feel good. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, like, it's so funny. And I remember you had talked about like where your bed was facing and like what feels right and everything. And I was like, if I put my bed on this one wall, I tried it in that this one spot. And I was like, I just felt like the chi was draining out of my head down the stairwell and everything. And I couldn't, I don't, I haven't actually studied feng shui or feng shui. <laughs> I can never remember which one to say, but anyway, I I'm like, nope, it's just not going to be like this. It's just not going to, I can't do this. I feel it in my body. That right there is feng shui because feng shui is instinct. And a lot of us have lost that. We don't trust it because we think, oh, we're being irrational. How can it possibly be that where my bed is, is going to make me feel funny, but see, you know, energy. So you trust that and you know that it matters. Yeah. I mean, our dining room table is not underneath the dining room light, which a lot of people would be like, why did you do that? (laughs) And I'm like, it just, that's not the area for our table. Like it's just not. So, I mean, I would love to put a dining room table eventually over light over the table, but it's not necessary in in the, in terms of lighting per se, like we can eat fine or whatever and see fine, but you, you just have to trust that. And again, I remember you asking me like, again, to get back to that front door situation, you're like, what door are you always using? I'm like the garage. And you're like, whoa, (laughs) what did you say about that? You were like, this was too much energy going out the house or something like that in the backside of the house. I can't remember your floor plan, but I I think you walk into your kitchen. Yeah. That's why mudroom and then kitchen. Yeah. So it, it probably had something to do with coming into the kitchen because of the way that the stove was, the, it, there was some, the way that the detailing was, is we were talking about possible digestive issues and then the high blood pressure. And I asked you, do you have high blood pressure? And you were like, yes, I do. And I was like, well, here's the problem. <laughs> I was like, I have elevated blood pressure that is un like that at the time, they didn't know why really it was, I had my son had high blood pressure. Yeah. (laughs) And then, and then it resolved itself and then it would like spike every once in a while. And I was like, what the hell is this all about? So yeah, but you were just like, put some plants there and then that will help to mitigate that problem rather than like Mm -hmm. redesign my entire kitchen or, or how I enter the house. Well, and I talk about that too in the book is that like, there are some really extremists out there when it comes to feng shui and it happens a lot with bathrooms. There's so much fear around feng shui and it really pisses me off because it's, it really is instinctual. It's, it's who we are from a natural state. It's who we are from spirit state. And it's, it's never been taught to us. And it, it really got worse after the industrial revolution like the industrial revolution is is where this paradigm steps in where we've got all this structure and rules about calendars and time and work and and work is more important than our personal lives and push 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 strive 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 buy 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 so we're conditioned into this the american way which is now the western way and and probably everywhere at this point but This whole paradigm really opens up right around 1850, 1860. 
up to this point, you've got things like herbalism and you've got things like apothecaries and you've got, I don't want to use the word witch, but you know, that type of healing. And and you have these alternative ways that are considered holistic and more in, in natural rhythm with the cosmos. And then the industrial revolution comes in and just blows that out of the water because it's not a profit center. But if we change the paradigm and we drive, and it's really interesting, like what they did to make people want to work more because this eight hour rule came in. So like Carnegie and Ford and and all these Rockefellers. And so what they did is they were like, well, what we'll do is we'll use religion. We'll say it's ungodly if you don't work hard and it's un, it's a sin if you don't want to work all the time and put in a good day's work and so they were like it was this propaganda that was going around and so where you had farmers and stuff that had this great circadian rhythm with the natural Tao. I talk about Tao in the book, the way of nature where we really honored the seasons and our circadian rhythms and our chi was much healthier then. Now all of a sudden you've got these supreme giants coming in that are all about profit and making more money and they're driving the little guys because if they work harder, they make more money. But they also realized if they made more money, then they could become consumers and buy those products. Mm. So it was like just this perpetual cycle. And so what has happened is, is if we've really gotten away from the mystical side of life, we've, we've lost the natural rhythms of nature. And we look at shamanism and, and we look at feng shui and astrology and reiki and all these alternative things. And we're conditioned to think, oh, that's charlatan's work. That's snake oil. That's not real. But I share in the book that a lot of these synthetic ways and these these ways that have have really been forced on us, those are going to start really falling away because they're false. They're they're not with our natural rhythms. And like, we're going to see a huge rise in sound therapy and alternative medicines and herbs. Herbs are going to be six times more powerful than any type of allopathic synthetic prescription that's out there because the vibration is increasing. So like you can take a, a, just an all natural herb from your grocery store and you're going to get an immediate response and your body's going to be like, hallelujah, amen. And it's because it's going to respond to it because that's what we're lacking. We've just got like our chi is just so out of balance. And so we're really, we we were talking about this before the the show that everybody thinks that we're kind of like in this shit storm right now. And you kind of have to go through that dark night of the soul to get to the other side of enlightenment. And that's kind of where we are right now. But like, when we get to the other side, we're going to look back and be like, man, we were dumb. (laughs) Right, right. I know. I'm like, lately, I've just been thinking about this whole understanding of like summer's coming to an end. He still has a month left, but to me, I'm getting sad already. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second, I don't have to subscribe to this. How do I figure this out? Like, why are, first of all, why are we even subscribing to this as a population anyway? Like I definitely work and I, I enjoy my work, but I also am like, I miss my son. He's at school all day. So like, how can we maybe make this work? I know he loves being at school because he has lots of friends and hasn't gotten too hard yet. Part of me just like, is that going to go away? I'd like that to go away. <laughs> like some of that, like, why does he have to, st- I mean, literally I'm up at like six in the morning, starting to prepare lunches, like getting enough coffee in me. And then he's out the door by like seven twenty, And I'm like, is this what we're supposed to be doing? Like all of a sudden I'm, I'm even as a teacher being like, can I pull him out of this system? Like, what can I do? Yeah. Cause, cause, and when we go camping too. We're going to see a lot of that. Now, this is very vibrational. This is, I share a a chapter in the book called The Shift. And I I talk about how the timeline that is emerging and and what we're going to see. And the allopathic Western medical system is going away. We may still have a little bit of it for trauma, but we are going to see a huge resurgence in herbalism and going back to natural medicines, plant medicine. We're going to see a huge resurgence of medicine women and medicine men, shamanism. We're going to get away from religion. It's going. It has been so manipulated by man and the original, there might be some threads of truth in there, but it has been so watered down and so manipulated that it, it like, we're going to come to a place to where we, we're no longer going to, which you and I already do, but we're not going to go to a building to find our God. We're going to know God. It's going to be within us. Like we're going to know God personally, but yeah, school systems, money, financial systems going away, 
the allopathic Western medical systems going away, like all of the things that we see as security and structure and what we've really been bred. And this is where the, the children make the biggest difference. But as adults, I think that this can be a very hard shift to let go because it's very scary. Mm-hmm. There's change that's involved, but simultaneously, it's very good for your personal chi. So we have to have change. And I, I talk about this in the book where the Tao is all about the seasons. It's the way of nature. Nothing ever stays the same. The tree blooms, the tree becomes beautiful. It has leaves and then the leaves fall off and die. And we repeat that cycle. It's like the wheel of life and the tarot. We look at the wheel of, of fortune. And so we're going to have adults that are going to be like, oh my God, what do I do if I can't go to church? Or what do I do if I don't have a medical system? Or what if I, they're going to go into panic as opposed to, wow, this could be a really beautiful way of life. This could be a a very beautiful thing not to have all this structure. Like the sense of time is going away. That alone, like I write about that in my book, how tied to certain events we are just because of a certain time of day. Oh, I can't do that because it's not the right time of day. Like you drinking. Oh, you, you can't, you can only drink at night. <laughs> like why? Maybe I want to have a shot of tequila at 9 a.m. But oh my God. it's socially unacceptable, right? There's right. a time frame. Yeah. And there's other things too. Like you're supposed to eat certain kind of foods at certain times a day. And like, there's just, there's all these rules and structure right. and all this stuff. And so, and so then the question is, is like, okay, we get rid of time. We get rid of calendars. We're getting rid of all the security and all these systems. Like how the hell do we get anything done? Well, we're not meant to live these lifestyles that we've created. It's like, oh, Amy, you've got this perfect house with a perfect wife and a perfect kid. And so I want that too. That's not why we're here. We're here to create what it is. Like you're saying that you don't like your dining table under the light and you want it over here. That's perfect. That's good. That means that your chi is cultivated. And so you know what feels right and is good for you. And that's another thing about feng shui is a lot of the bullshit that's out there is it's like, It's really a one size fits all approach. It doesn't work that way. What works for you is not going to work for me because it's based on our chi. It's based on our elemental makeup. There's all these factors that have to come into play in that. So it's really about this time over the next four years of just really surrender and let go. Stop trying to control and force and just do the best you can to breathe through it. If you really take the time to cultivate your chi, whatever that looks like for you, it could be getting out in nature. It Mm. could be breathing exercises, meditation, yoga, hanging out with your kids, traveling, reading books. Like you've got to figure out what it is for you, but it's really bringing your parasympathetic nervous system down. Mm -hmm. Like everybody is so frenetic and like that is your, your brain is in beta. It's just frenetic and it can't calm down. You've got to get, and this is what Jose Silva, Silva Mind Control back in the 70s was all about. Get your shit down in alpha, like calm down, get to alpha. You want to be an alpha. And the reason why you want to be an alpha is because your chi is happy. Mm -hmm. You can think clearly, you get downloads, you can connect to your higher self. You can tap into creativity. You're the, you're the, your spirit human that you're supposed to be but we're so frenetic in that beta mind. And if you remember Charlie Brown, pig pen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> tornado. Yeah. That's, that's a like good analogy. Most, most people are going through life with these freaking tornadoes and that <laughs> is chi. We need to bring all that down. And so I think that's, that's probably a big thing that really makes me different is I'm not focusing on the external shit. Like, let's start with you. Let's get your personal chi in order. Let's, let's focus on the energy aspect. And then if you want to work on your environment, it's just five things. Let's yeah. Just I was just going to say, what are those five things? Yeah. So front door, which we've been talking about, which mm-hmm. is a big one. I always tell everybody to start with the front door. Cause it's easy. I, I want to just all of a sudden like go out there and love on my front door. <laughs> like Yay. I really, this weekend I'll do it. Shape. So shape is really important. It's not only the shape of your home, but also the shape of your land. But to keep things easy in the book, I just focus on the shape of the house. Bathrooms are a big thing just because they have drains in them. And so it Mm -hmm. just yanks chi down, which can be very disruptive. A concept of knife edge. It's funny when I was writing knife edge, I was thinking of you. Why would you? Well, tell me why. 
So the reason why I, as I was writing it, I had done so much research and I was, I had, oh my gosh, I reached out to probably 30 or 40 physicists because I wanted like the intelligent scientific approach to what they thought about a knife edge. And I just, I did so much scientific research for that particular chapter. And I'm like, Amy Stark would love me right now for what I'm doing because <laughs> you love that research and you I do, love I do. science stuff. And I found this beautiful study that had been done on frequency of equipment and how men were having heart issues, brain issues, spine issues, urinary tract issues, and digestive issues due to frequency. So there's been some studies on it for that, but taking command or command position. So traditionally command is the most universal principle between all of the schools of feng shui. There's like five different schools of feng shui and command is universal across all of them, but they always focus on the physical tangible, like bed, desk, or stove. Got to see the door, very physical. Yes, it is important, but I go a huge step further and I talk about personal power and empowerment and how important it is. You cannot have an environment that empowers you if you yourself are not empowered. You cannot have an environment that supports you and makes you a kick-ass ninja when in fact your power positions are blown up. So it to me, this is over 25 years of just seeing what's out there and the books that are out there and the, the information that's out there. What I really tried to do in this book is I tried to fill in the gaps of, yes, that's true, however, and command is one of those. The thing is, though, is that you can't just throw your bed in a position and call it good and say, yep, I feel awesome. Because if your chi isn't cultivated and you're not empowered, it's not going to work. Mm. So it's the symbiotic relationship between you and your environment. And none of the information out there talks about this. So my friend, Sharita, who's an astrologer, she's like, leave it to you, Amanda, that deep Scorpio, man, you just take that deep dive and you go into the shit and you come out with all this wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) It is all about how you feel. Like I was home recently and we were getting ready to go out camping and I was talking with my mom and we're all like giddy about going camping. And my dad's like, I just don't understand it. And I I literally said to him, like, it doesn't make sense. It makes absolutely no sense. We're in a smaller space. We are absolutely dirty and filthy. We don't watch any television. We have no entertainment. Like it's just sitting around a fire, but it's amazing. And he was just like, I I don't get it. And I'm like, our beds are not comfy. Like, I know, I know what you're saying. Like, I'm not, I, I'm, I get it. But when I think of my camper, when I'm in my camper, when we're camping, there's just this amazing feeling. And yes, I've obviously worked the chi throughout the camper. And honestly, my, my other camper, when I sold it, it was smaller. Our first one, I sold it in less than two hours. Like I, I knew it would go because of the, the energy that it had. Like you could feel it when you looked at it, like on, online. Like anyway, the point is, is that we do need to get back to this whole understanding of like, if you don't feel comfortable, you're constantly sending signals. Like there are things around the house. Sometimes I'll be like, I got to deal with that. I got to deal with that. I got to deal with that. And like, it's just like, sometimes you're just like, just deal with it. So your brain doesn't have that, that (laughs) signal. Like it gets to me sometimes I'm like, Amy, it's not that big a deal. Just like clean that poop spot or whatever, (laughs) get the carpets done or whatever it may be. So we need to be listening to those quiet like subtle things. One of the things that we did also that I absolutely am so grateful that I did, I work in the basement and I would come down and I'd feel like it was cold down here. Not nest. I mean, it's physically cold because it's the basement, but I'd feel like the metal tin that was around it in the window well. So what did I do? I, d- I painted this beautiful gold color. And so when the light hits it, it just illuminates the whole room and it's so warm and friendly. And like, I come down, I'm like, oh, I just love it down here. Just little Little things like that. You just have to be listening to what your body wants to experience. I love that you make it so simple. And I remember when you were telling us about the drains and I was like, oh yeah, I've heard that before. Like close the toilet seat lid. And I'm terrible about that. My son's better than that. <laughs> he, he does it. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I love that you bring this up in your book about the kids and how they're just hardwired differently. I mean, on vacation, Fen la- lost her phone, our camping vacation. And he was like, ran inside this cabin that we were staying at. And he grabbed his iPad and he's like, boop, boop, boop. and he was like, oh, your, your phone is <laughs> at the, the bakery that we were just at. 
it's telling me that like, we got to go get it. And I was like, Aiden, that was amazing. (laughs) We were just like staring at each other, like Fen lost her phone. So they are, they are hardwired to like figure this stuff out really quickly. And and when they're not happy, they let you know, and they're very sensitive. So that's a good thing because our generation and generations have been taught to shove it down, to have a stiff upper lip, not speak up, not say your truth. And that's how disease manifests. That's how we have all these issues. We don't feel right. In fact, I was just watching a special on Paul Newman last night and his wife, she was a famous actress, but he was married when he was dating this other woman. I know her last name was Woodward. I'm blanking out on the first name, but the first wife was literally saying that that's how it was back then. Like you didn't take the time to fall in love and you didn't take the time to get to know the person. Like you just got married. And then once you realized that you were in a shitty marriage and you weren't happy, you just, that's what you dealt with. Those are the cards you were dealt with. So that's what you had to live with. Mm. So they were married for five years and simultaneously he was having an affair and that's how he was finding his happy. And everybody said that when he was with the, the other gal that, He was, there was just so much passion and fire and love and energy. And like, it was just like the absolute opposite with his actual wife. But I felt, I just thought it was so interesting that she just was like, that's just what you did back then. Like Mm -hmm. you didn't go into it for love. You went into it because that was what was expected of you. And you didn't dare speak up. You didn't dare like say, oh, I'm unhappy. And I'm thinking, oh my God, no. And that's what's so beautiful about kids today. Like I was talking to a kid the other day who's 15 and he's going through therapy. And I was like, really, tell me more about this. And and he's like, oh my God, everybody in my school is in therapy. And I'm like, (laughs) really? And he's like, oh yeah, like there's something wrong with you if you're not in therapy. And I'm like, oh, when I was in school, you didn't talk about therapy. There was something wrong with you if you were in therapy. So nobody talked about it. He's like, oh no, like that's, that whole thing has changed. Like- everybody goes to therapy. And like, even the place that I'm working at now, like half the people there are in therapy. And like Adam, the owner is very mental health conscious. And like, if you need a mental health day, or if you need to go, if you have an appointment for your therapist or whatever, or you can't take appointments because you're going to see your therapist, like no questions asked. He, he like promotes that and wants you to do that. And I'm like, what land are we living in? Like, this is amazing. Yeah. This is so widely accepted. I've already seen a huge shift. I worked for myself for 20 years and then the pandemic hit and I was just like, I'm done. Like, I just, I can't do this up and down stuff anymore. My nervous system can't handle it. Like, I just want to go work for a place, put in my hours and be done. And like, one of the reasons why I said yes to him was because especially for being a male, he's so like open to anything and curious to everything. As long as you do your damn job, he doesn't care if you do it at midnight, four o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the afternoon, just do your work. I don't go into the office. I try to go in at least once a week just to show everybody I'm alive. But like, he's <laughs> laid back and like, we were talking about this because we were supposed to record yesterday. Like he was like, let's meet tomorrow. And I'm like, nope, not going to do it. And then he's like, okay, let's meet Wednesday. And then of course he cancels on me. And then he was like, let's meet tomorrow. And I'm like, nope, not going to do it. And like, me 20 years ago, if I had a job, if my boss had said, I need you to come into the office, are you kidding me? I would never have dared to say, no, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I would have talked back to my boss because I would have been terrified to lose my job. Fast forward to now, I'm like, oh, hell no. Because I know what I'm bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm smart. I know that I'm good with people. I know that I'm going to perform. I-, I know all the things. And that's empowerment. That's chi. Right which I didn't have in my twenties. But the thing is, is I know what I'm bringing to the table and I I know that I'm a powerful asset for him, but I also don't give a shit. It's a job. And like, I take pride in my work and I want happy people and I want him to be happy with me. But at the end of the day, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, this probably isn't going to matter. So I think a lot of us for, especially our generation, we used to take our jobs so seriously, like it was life or death and it was more our personal life and God forbid, you don't want to upset your boss and bend over backwards. And your mental health was always at stake. Mm -hmm. Like I'm seeing a huge shift and in the pandemic was a huge gift for that, but I'm seeing a huge shift in how people are treating one another and how they're doing it and how the, there's this massive paradigm shift and all these places are 
there's shortages, there's labor shortages, and they can't find people. And that is a beautiful thing, because that is people finally standing in their power, and they're strengthening their chi. And they're saying, no, I'm not going to take the abuse anymore. No, I'm not going to go sit in a building from eight to five and deal with dumb people that I don't want to be around. Like people are saying no, which I think is amazing. That right there is there's a shift in consciousness that's happening. And it starts with you. It starts with the individual. So the, the chi is shifting and the, the mm-hmm. not only the chi in ourselves, but the chi of the planet, the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom. I mean, it's a beautiful thing to see. It is. And I, I, I'm grateful for the pandemic because it definitely has like aided in those structures coming down and that, that understanding that life is more important and that my home is really important to feel good to me. And I can get more accomplished if I'm at home because I'm not worried about getting to the office and I have more quality of life and things like that. I remember when I was a New York city public school teacher and I was standing in the office and I was in shambles inside, like, and I was trying to hold it together. My principal was like, how are you doing? And I immediately just like burst into tears years. And, and he was like, you know, we have personal days, right? Like where we can take a mental health day. And I was like, there are mental health days. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, so then I took nine of the 10 every single year. And actually one year I took 10 out of 10 and I got written up and and they're like, you can't do that next year because otherwise you're going to lose your job or something. And I was like, you know what? Like I needed those days. We should, I should have had way more support. I mean, these people, these kids were threatening my life. I was in Uh, like these horrible circumstances. And then when you were talking about how insignificant it all really is, I just saw a picture today of space and it's like these stars that are twinkling and says, you are here. (laughs) It says you are here and you're, you're in yoga holding in a fart. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Because like, and and it reminded me when I was younger and I used to run the track and I used to be like, this is so insignificant. And I would just think how small I was in the universe. And it's like, we blow up these things and think they're so important. And they're really just not like, we're just here on a blip of time. We need to have more play, more joy. If something doesn't feel right, get rid of it. It may not make sense, but like do what feels right. What's important is that worry is a form of prayer. So yes. if you're worried, if you're anxious, if you've got something, if, I always say, if you're allowing something to take, take up rent, free rent in your head, that is a form of prayer. Yeah. And so I say it throughout the book, choose wisely. Like you've got to be constantly, I can't tell you how many parties or events I've gone to over the years and people be like, what do you do? And I'm like, I do feng shui. And they're like, oh, I did that once. And it's like, that's not how this works. Like it, to cultivate your chi is a daily practice. It's like showering. It's like brushing your teeth. Like you've got to, it's something that you've got to calibrate and take care of every day. And then it starts to become a little bit more automatic. And it's not like people are like, oh my God, this is so labor intensive. It's not, it's It's creating a a lifestyle where you move through things a lot faster and you're you're far more rooted and grounded in in your day to day. and, And you're able to step back and not only do you have clarity of mind, but you're able to make those decisions and, and make good calls as opposed to being in that frenetic mind and going, Oh my God, I don't know what to do. And kind of having that moment of life in shambles. And I want to add that when you're taking the time to cultivate your chi and and really getting your feng shui right, those moments become less and less because you're no longer vibrating to chaos, Mm -hmm. vibrating to something that is more joy-filled, more happy, more peaceful, more content. I talk about this in the book. It's above the cross emotions. And that's where we want to be. But most people are in like negativity, fear. Everybody's in fear and anxiety and hate and judgment. Well, if that's what you're really focusing on, guess what you're going to get more of? It's going to keep happening. So as you cultivate and you really get your energy right, your environment then becomes this supportive, really supportive incubator. And then together, I always say like, it it may not be something that you can see, but it's something that you feel and you carry it with you. So like Adam doesn't need me in the office. You know why he wants me there? Because he likes how I feel. Mm -hmm. 
he tells me all the time, oh my God, like, I just, I love being around you. Like you uplift everyone. Everyone's happy when you're in here. You're always positive. You're always happy. He's like, the worst things can be happening and you're still smiling and you're happy. And I'm like, it's a choice, but my inner world is happy. So I can carry that with me and people pick up on that. And that's why you want to do this because instead of getting out of the wrong side of the bed every day and you're turning on Fox news and hearing about monkeypox and all the shit that's going wrong, you get up out of, out of bed and you're like, man, today's a good fucking day. I like today. It's amazing. And like, that's how you want to feel every day. That's how you want to go through the world without judgment and harshness and fear and anxiety. Like you're just going to get more of the same. Mm -hmm. So every day I'm like, oh my God, I'm so happy that I have a fork to eat my food with. I'm so happy I have shoes. Oh my God, I love my house. I'm so glad that I have all these amazing people in my life. I literally, I'm just talking. And People tell me all the time, like how magical my world is. Well, it's because I do the work and I cultivate my chi. You're noticing the magic, right? You're a lot of without a doubt. That. Here's a great example. I lost my beloved cat two weeks ago and I've been oh. in a lot of grief. He was very near and dear to me and very special to me. And, and he was in my life for 13 years. And he has seen Amanda, like I talk about in the book, the dark ages of Amanda in the apocalypse. It was the Amanda <laughs> apocalypse. But I, I did. I went through a very dark night of the soul for about five years where, you know, cancer, death, divorce, bankruptcy, loss of a business. Like it was just all this stuff all at once. And it kind of catapulted me into this. I got to be grateful for everything in this now moment. Well, I lost him a couple of weeks ago and I've just been heartbroken. Like he has, he saw so much and I know that's why he was here. I know that the gift of his energy was to get me where I am. Like, I think people really underestimate the power of animals and like how divine they truly are. They are so close to God and like they are, their energy is so pure and they remind us of compassion and unconditional love. Like that's how we, we touch God in so many ways. So I've been in grief. And so a couple of days ago I go on a walk and I've been talking to him and I'm like, dude, I fucking miss you, man. Like I'm having a really hard time. And like, I know that the average person would be like, it's just a cat. But no. to me, he was Buddha. Like he was Buddha. Like he was always so calm and collected and peaceful. And like, he taught me so much. And I was like, I'm mad, dude. I'm mad that this happened. And I'm mad that you've left. And like little things around the house are triggering me like his water bowl. And I'm like falling apart. So I go on this walk and I'm like, I need to know that one, you're okay. I know you're okay. And I know where you are, but I need to know you're okay. I'm being my 3D human self right now. And I'm falling right. apart. So I need you to just be cool with that. <laughs> and not only do I need to know that you're okay, but most importantly, my selfish narcissistic self needs to know that you're with me. Yeah. I need you to give me a sign and I don't want some dumb, stupid sign, like a dumb deer or a stupid bird or a damn squirrel. I mean, give me a break. I need you to blow me out of the water and give me something so freaking rare that I know without a shadow of a doubt that it's you. Like, I need you to show me a fucking bobcat or something. Like, I need something <laughs> Downtown <big>. Nashville. <laughs> I need big. Amy, 45 minutes later, I'm walking through my backyard and there's a fucking bobcat. Whoa. I took pictures of it. I have proof, folks. I have proof. Oh my gosh. I fell to my knees. I was like, okay, dude, I gotcha. I gotcha. I couldn't believe it. And so here's the cool thing is my mom, who is very much, she's a, she was an RN for 30 years. She's at 70 now. She's just starting to come around to Amanda may not be completely nuts. Right. She may be on to something. So I told her when I left the house, I asked Harley for a bobcat. He, he, he. Like we were joking about it. I took the picture and I sent it to her and she's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and I sent it to my girlfriend and my girlfriend was like, why are you questioning this? Like right. you of all people, of course you're going to get a bobcat. 
she's like, of all the people in my world, like you're the one that manifests the Bobcat. She's like, I'm not even freaked out about this. I'm like, I am like, <laughs> I, I'm blown away about this. And she's like, but that's, that's the magic of you is that after all these years of being able to manifest at this level, you're still in awe of it. And mm-hmm. I'm like 1000%, but that right there is an example of cultivated chi and having gratitude for it, even though I was kind of cursing and saying right. words, it's the gratitude of being in that heart-centered space of, I'm, I, I need something big here, dude, and I, I need you to meet me halfway. And, and so if you're not cultivated and you're in a place of fear and anxiety and worry, it's not a vibrational match. But if you're in that place of being cultivated and you take care of your energy and you take care of your environment you're going to have otherworldly mystical experiences like that, that are going to knock you on your knees. Mm. And that's exactly what it did. I mean, after all these years of all the magical things that I've seen and experienced, and a lot of them I talk about in the book, I'm still getting them and I'm still in awe of them. Mm -hmm. Yep. I I mean, everybody needs a Bobcat. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. Amanda, it's been so great talking to you. Can you tell everybody where to find you? Your book is called Feng Shui for the soul. So mm-hmm. where can they get that? Feng Shui for the soul, how to achieve more ohm from your home. Go to Amazon, just go to amazon.com. There's actually another book by the same title by a woman by the name of Denise Lynn. She wrote hers like 22 years ago. Funny story. I was actually going to call the book, how to achieve more ohm from your home. And spirit was like, hell no, it needs to be Feng Shui for the soul. Oh, like, wow. Yep. You got to listen. Well, there's already a book out there. And so I contacted <laughs> my attorney and my attorney was like yep you're good to go and I was like all righty so yeah it came in very and now I know like that I'm getting the feedback from people who have read it like it's 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 so otherworldly the way that I've written about it and the way that my approach is that it absolutely is feng shui for the soul so I'm like okay they were right (laughs) yeah yeah and you you write so beautifully and effortlessly it's I really enjoyed like you take us on this journey of how you got there and and how you incorporate these things and how you've worked with clients. It's really fun to read. Yeah. Were you able to read the story about me and Barbara getting weird out in the woods? Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those are the stories that Deborah was like, needs more cowbell. That was what she was talking about is she wanted those stories in the book. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, that's like really scary. But yeah, but it's hard revealing all of the things that are mystical to us that we know were mystical and then sharing it with many people. It's hard. It's, it's just scary. hard. To, yeah. It's just a whole other level of coming out of the closet. <laughs> Well, and it's hard, yeah. And it's hard to convey, like, especially that day, the feeling of that day. Like, I don't even know if words really did it justice. Like I, I, all I could say was those words were our, our, the woods were our church. And it's like, it was so much more than that, but like, those are the kinds of experiences that you can have when, when you do the work. And so definitely worth it, but yeah, you can go to Amazon and find the book, or you can, if you want to learn more about me, you can head over to my website, which is gatesinteriordesign.com. I've got, like Amy said, I've got a podcast, I've got YouTube channel, blog, all kinds of shit. (laughs) Keeping us informed. I love it. Amanda, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And I always, you always make me laugh. I love your sense of humor. I, I've told you that a million times over. It's, it's, it's really refreshing. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. All content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.